0: Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Port here on WDAY. We're uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff. Uh, coming up here at 1.30, we're going to have on State Representative Ben Koppelman from West Fargo. He's going to be on the program. You may have heard of legislation in the state Senate to increase the speed limit on North Dakota's interstates uh, from 75 to 80 miles an hour. Um, that, that was introduced by State Senator Lonnie Lafine. Representative Koppelman has introduced similar legislation, only in addition to taking the interstates to 80 miles an hour, uh, it would also give a five-mile-per-hour bump in the speed limits to uh, just about all the state's highways. Um, so that's coming up here at one we We'll talk with uh, him about that. By the way, the North Dakota Department of Transportation uh, slapping a like $320 million fiscal note. Uh, a fiscal note is... Uh, when a a state agency or or it's it's basically it's it's the estimate of the cost of a given piece of legislation. Uh, the Department of Transportation says it's gonna cost some some three hundred and twenty million dollars to increase North Dakota's speed limits. So you know h- how credible is that number? I, I don't know what they're saying is is we're gonna have to extend, you know in addition to replacing all the signs, which I, I think they're saying is gonna cost like hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. You know, they're saying that we're gonna to have to lengthen all the exit ramps and we're gonna to have to lengthen the acceleration and deceleration lanes and all this other stuff. And I I'm just not buying it. For a five mile per hour increase, uh for, for an increase in the speed limit to a speed that, that a lot of North Dakotans are driving already, I, I'm not buying it. But what do you think? Should we go up with the speed limits in the state? Seven oh one two nine three nine thousand, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. I'll tell you this, and I'm going to ask representative Koppelman about this. Um, I think we should do it, but if we do it, I think we should couple it with a couple of things. You know, right now there's sort of a wink-wink, nod-nod enforcement up to about five miles an hour over the speed limit, right? I mean, if if the speed limit's 70 and you're going 72, you're probably not going to get pulled over, right? So I, I think there's a tolerance for people going about five miles an hour over the speed limit. I think, though, that if we go to 80 on the interstates, I'm not sure I'm willing to have that sort of a tolerance up to 85. Um, and and also, you know, so I, I think two things. If, if we put this legislation in place, uh, let's do two things. Let's no more wake, wake, nod, not. If you're going 81 miles an hour, you're getting pulled over, right? Um, you know, the speed limit is 80. Let's keep it there. Uh, and, and then the other thing is, let's let's maybe put some more money for, towards a little more enforcement for, for traffic safety, right? Um, You know, if we're going to raise the speed limits. Uh, and by the way, uh, let's also maybe raise the speeding fines a little bit too. They're very, very low in our state. They're very reasonable. I, I think, again, if we're going to create a, you know, if we're going to make it legal to travel faster on the highways, let's up the penalties for exceeding even that higher rate. I, I don't think those are unreasonable. And I, I think if we packaged these changes to the speed limits sort of comprehensively like that where we're balancing you know the, the convenience of being able to drive faster on the roads with with increased public safety I, I think we could make for some good public policy love to hear what you think though once again 701-293-9000 888 you can also email me talk at wday.com good afternoon nateel good afternoon rob are you a uh, circus fan did you like the circus? When I was young, I did.
1: Um, we, I think we only won a couple of times when I was younger, but I enjoyed our time at the circus. It was, it was a very interesting sort of like entertainment type thing that I didn't have access to where I was growing up. I right. grew up in a really small town, so coming up to Fargo to go to the circus was a big deal.
0: Right. I, I think a lot of people felt that way. Obviously, Ringling Brothers, um, which is an ar- I- iconic brand in in that entertain you know field of of entertainment uh, after 146 years they're closing their doors um you know a lot of people are saying it was the animal cruelty stuff and the elephants and everything uh, honestly I, I i think the problem is is people have just it, it's just not a form of entertainment people are into as much anymore I, I i think it's i think it's more just a matter of taste i think a lot of people are going to the circus just sort of out of I, I know I felt very obligated when when the Shrine Circus would come to town. I felt very obligated, you know. Well, the circus is in town. You, if you have kids, you got to take your kids to the circus. And I got I got to tell you, you know, I grew up. I didn't go to the circus a lot as a kid. I grew up in Alaska, and it just wasn't something we did up there. And you know, so so my my introduction to circuses and stuff like that was through like Ray Bradbury, right? Uh, something wicked this way comes, you know, so I had this as a kid, I had this very sort of fantastical impression of carnies and fairs and and the circus and, and almost very romantic and, and, and the, the dirty, shoddy, cheap iteration of it that would show up in Minot when we moved to North Dakota, you know, both as a kid and then later as an adult taking my own children. You know, it just, it, it paled in comparison. It wasn't anything like the sort of myth that, that has grown up around, the, the, you know, the, the circus. Um, it, it just wasn't interesting. And I, for the last several years, I haven't taken my kids. I don't know that they've missed it all that much. You know, it's, I, I think it's just an entertainment, an entertainment type that, that has come and gone. I, I think it's just, it's time is up.
1: I, I think you're probably right in that aspect. I mean, I had wonderful experiences with the circus when I was growing up. It was in my memory now it still sort of holds that magical type thing that it it was it was a very fantastic experience for me because I got to see large you know exotic animals up close I saw people doing all sorts of fabulous tricks and feats that I never imagined were possible or that I could imagine doing I remember getting you know like little we got those little like glowy swords that you could like flick and they'd extend yeah. all the way open <laughs> and like every kid in the audience had one of these things so when they dimmed the lights all the way down all of the kids had their light up swords and it was it was a really cool thing to to remember and then we'd spend the night at a hotel with a swimming pool afterward and it was it was great when i was growing right. up but i think that you're right in that it i don't i don't think the animal activists are what killed the circus i think what killed the circus is the advent of technology that lets kids experience entertainment in a way that is different and more comfortable to them
0: well like and and, you know like like acrobats i mean what they do is amazing but i mean you have youtube where you have like parkour guy doing all sorts of crazy stuff you know i mean people are exposed it's i i think it's it's lost its sense of wonder because a lot of what the circus brought to town people could get anyway you know we have easier access to that i mean that the tricks it's it's all become kind of stale. Interestingly, and I, I wrote about this on the blog this morning. North Dakota has a little bit of a of a connection to, to the Ringling Brothers Circus. Uh, in near Wapeton, south of Wapeton, in a uh, it's I believe it's the uh, the Riverside Cemetery, there is a monument uh, to some some circus workers from 1897 that died. Uh, there was a storm that came through. There was a bolt of lightning. It shattered the main tent pole of the circus. Uh, two workers, Charles Smith and Charles Walters, were killed by the falling pole. A third man, Charles Miller, is a bad day to be named Charles apparently, uh, died a year later from injuries, suffered uh, that day. Uh, the newspaper, newspaper reports at the time uh, reported that about a dozen other men were knocked senseless by the lightning. Uh, they erected a, a monument there, um, it's a, it's a stone pillar. It's made to look like a broken, uh, circus tent pole. Uh, and it's there over the graves of the, um, o- over the graves of, 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 the circus workers who, who perish. So that's there. Supposedly circus workers still, still visit the site to this day. Now I don't, I don't know how much truth there is. I, I want to believe that though. I, I want to believe that it gets back to my sort of Ray Bradbury image of, of, you know, carnival life, carny circus workers being this sort of subculture in our society. Um, I want to believe all that's true. I, I don't know how true it really is, um, but I want to believe. I think it's a lot more fun to believe it. But the end of an era, and it's it's hard, even as somebody who is not much of a circus fan, I, I think it's, it's, it's always a little bit sad to see something as iconic as, as Ringling Brothers come to an end. Right. I mean, even even if you weren't a big fan, you know, the the idea that they were still out there touring, still out there going from place to place. You know, it it brings them the old medicine shows and stuff like that. It's it's over now. And I don't care who you are. I I think that could still make you a little bit sad. So anyway, that happened. Uh, More to come straight ahead. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at WDAY dot com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY. And until you remember, last week we had that discussion about censorship legislation being considered down in Bismarck. You remember I remember that, do right? believe so. Yeah, the anti uh, anti porn bill, supposedly. Oh, hope that's that's there Every uh, every in, every internet capable device sold in the state of North Dakota would have to have censor, have some sort of a filter to censor internet content. If you wanted the filter removed, you'd have to pay. Twenty dollars. We had the man uh, Chris Severe, uh, who was backing the legislation on the show. He accused me of uh, of maybe liking child pornography and maybe visiting prostitutes. And we we got to break the news to him live on the air that he uh, his legislation was being withdrawn from the state house in shame. Um, and I I think it was shameful that they even introduced that crap sandwich. Uh, but today, I, you know, my Sunday newspaper column included that, that legislation, and it's sort of I, – I, I felt that the legislature has gotten off to a not-so-great start. You know, I, I think they did a few things that have sort of been embarrassing, and I think introducing that legislation was embarrassing. But in the forum's editorial today, they gave – prairie roses right on mondays they give prairie roses to people they want to you know praise and leafy spurges to people they want to criticize they gave prairie roses to state representative lawrence clemeen who was the bismarck republican who introduced the legislation Uh, the editorial said i quote technology has changed the way adults and children access information and information that not so long ago uh, was not easily available to children today is uh, Representative Clamine gets the bouquet for pressing the discussion, even if the timing for legislation is not right. And my question for the forum is, w- when is the right time to censor the Internet? I mean, when, when is the right time to introduce censorship legislation? I mean, listen, I, I get it. I, I wrote last week, you know, people complaining about this bill being a waste of time or that bill being a waste of time. Uh, and I, I, I think criticisms like that are, are misguided. I didn't like the anti-porn bill. Um, I didn't have a problem with it being introduced, I guess. Lots of bills I don't agree with get introduced, and I'm happy to have a debate about it, but I I'm just I mean it just seems such a curious thing for a newspaper editorial board, I mean a group of people who make their living from the First Amendment, uh, you know sort of giving Prairie Roses to somebody who introduced a bill that would put in place a content filter for the entire Internet. didn't make any sense to me. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Coming up here at 1.30, going to have State Representative Ben Coppelman on uh, about his legislation to raise the state's speed limits. And we have a caller, Dick, who wants to comment on that legislation. Go ahead, Dick.
2: Yeah, Rob, thanks for taking the call. And sure. I, I could be wrong on this. We lived in uh, North Dakota for 20 years up until uh, 2005, and we came back here to uh, the Moorhead area for the past 10. And it just, it just seems to me like here in the past, probably 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, that at one time North Dakota had the limits of five miles an hour faster, uh, which is where we're proposing we go now, and then they reduced it again. And I- I'm curious if you know if that's true, true or not.
0: I remember, I, you, it's, it, it, it's funny you say this, because actually over the, on Friday, I got a call from former Governor Ed Schaefer who wanted to talk to me about something else. I think I'm actually going to have him on about that uh, later this week. Uh, But he actually called me up, and we were chatting, and he mentioned this legislation, and he was laughing because he said that – and I haven't looked this up. This is just based on our conversation. He said during his administration, which was 1992 to 2000, um, that there was a proposal to raise speed limits, uh, and he didn't want to go along with it, and it didn't pass – uh, but we did get to a point where we were able to raise speed limits under Governor Hoven, and we did raise the speed limits, and I think it was five miles an hour across the board. Uh, so we did raise them under Hoven. I don't think they've been touched since. Okay. Um, that's, so, so that's,
2: that's, uh, that's probably a, a better uh, recollection than I have because I thought sure. – we did raise them, and then I thought we cut them back, and that's kind of why I was wondering. Well, why did we? Montana, cut
0: Montana, I mean, because Montana went to where they went with like no speed limits, and right. then and then they ultimately rolled them back. And I think that whole where we had a whole bunch of states that were and and this was this was I was a I was at grade school back then, but I think I think did the federal government do something where they raised a restriction and sort of you know gave the speed limits back to the states. And so you had a whole bunch of states, Montana, that were all considering changes to speed limits at once. I seem to remember that that was the case.
2: That might be right. I, I don't remember for sure. Uh, but I, uh, I do know Montana had an unlimited uh, speed limit for, for quite a while. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, right now I think they have a speed limit. Yeah, they
0: brought it back. They brought okay, it back.
2: And I, thought, I, and I thought, like you said, North Dakota raised it. But uh, what I was really curious about, it doesn't sound like maybe it happened, That if we lowered it back down, what was the statistics, or what drove us to drop it back down?
0: Yeah, I don't know. So that's I don't what know.
2: We're talking about again is raising. Yeah, it.
0: I, and, I, don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. It, it, to my, I don't know that we've ever dropped it back down. Maybe, and maybe okay. I'm wrong. If if it was, I don't think since I, I, think it's only gone up because I think there was a push to raise it under Schaefer. It wasn't successful, but it was successful under Hoven, and I don't think we've touched it since Hoven. So, okay. well, I, thank you for that input. Sure, I appreciate it. what uh, your what's your. I mean, should we should it go up? Should it go down? What are your thoughts?
2: I, I guess uh, if if uh, statistics you know show that we're we're not going to have more accidents, then I'm completely in favor of it. If at some okay. point in time we go back, because often we make these changes, we never go back and reevaluate. But if we go back right. and reevaluate, say a year or so down line, and we see uh, uh, I don't know what substantial is, but an increase in in deaths on a highway or injuries or whatever then I'm not sure it's a good deal
0: yeah no I agree thanks for the call Dick Appreciate it. you know when we looking at statistics like that I mean America it's actually kinda of funny I usually bring this up when we're debating the distracted driving issue but we've actually seen a a very sharp decline in the number of, of injuries and fatalities on the roads and and a lot of that's due to just better car safety right the cars are better designed uh, they've got better safety features, so when you do crash, there's there's fewer uh, injuries, there's fewer deaths. And what's what's interesting is that that's been happening despite the, the rise in the number of distractions in the car, right? We almost have more cell phones. We have more uh, everything uh, to sort of distract us. So, you know, I, I guess all that stuff's going on, but yet the roads are safer. Um, so I don't know. I, it would be interesting to see a statistical analysis. Again, I, I'm in favor of going up five miles an hour. I think, though, that we should maybe couple it with stiffer fines and more enforcement. That's what I think. I I, I think a two-pronged approach would serve us best. More to come straight ahead. Rob Report. Don't go away.
2: I thought I heard the captain say, pay me my money down tomorrow. My
0: money down. Welcome back. 701-293-9000, 888 9329 Email talk at wdui.com. Uh We're supposed to have State Representative Ben Koppelman on. He's going to try to call in. I guess he's uh, the uh, floor session over in Bismarck's going a little bit long, uh, so he may not be able to make it. We were going to discuss his legislation regarding speed limits, uh, his legislation. There's, there's two bills. You've probably heard that one already got a committee hearing. Uh, and it would raise speed limits in the state on, on the interstates by five miles per hour. Representative Koppelman's bill would basically be all highways, uh, it would be the interstates, the divided state highways, and the two lane paved highways, uh, would all go up five miles an hour. So that'd be 70, 70 on the highways, uh, geez, what is it? 75 on, on the two lanes and then 80 on the interstates. So, um, I don't know. He'll he'll call in, I guess, if he can make it. But uh, otherwise, open phone seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Would like to hear your thoughts. Do you think those speed limits should go up? I've heard a lot of people rolling their eyes, calling this you know one of those waste of time bills. Um, I don't think so. I think this is a discussion worth having. Um, and and like I said, I am for increasing the speed limit, but I think we should make it comprehensive. Increase the speed limit, but also raise the fines for speeding and maybe let's put a little bit more money into uh, into traffic enforcement to to offset any um, safety risks we may have. I, I I think those three coupled together, I think that would make for some good policy. Uh, once again, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, open phones, love to hear what you have to say, talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see, we have Brian emailing uh, about a topic. Uh, we were talking about the Ringling Brothers circus closing down, and I think I had made a comment about – you know, the, the circus may be losing some of its wonder because of the Internet. I mean, a lot of the amazing things that that, that the circus brought to a community, you know, people can see on the Internet now. And Brian says, uh, we are becoming a society of couch potatoes. Why go to the circus when you have YouTube? It's easier for uh, a parent to give their kid an iPad to keep them occupied instead of actually taking them out into the world to experience something. Nowadays, people live out their social interaction on Facebook it's snapchat instead of actually talking to people i i disagree with that i i think that is um i i think some of that's a sort of teen crisis type stuff right rock and roll is going to make people worship the devil and all this stuff it's it's get off my lawn type stuff um people talk people communicate on the internet they just do it a different way and and i agree you got to get out you got to experience the world as well but the internet can enable that right i i mean it's the, the, the internet we use the internet to go geocaching, right? I mean, that's that's an internet-connected service that we use. We take our smart smartphones out. We go hiking. It's taken us to a lot of interesting parts of our community, a lot of interesting parts of our state. It all depends on how you use it. I mean, people are going to be couch potatoes. Are going to be couch potatoes no matter what. Um, you know, I I I think I think if used properly, the internet, like any tool can in, enhance an in, in active life and, and and my point about the circus wasn't I'm just saying it's it's hard to be impressed by some of the things the circus brings to town when you can see that stuff I mean back 20 30 years ago when you know you didn't you didn't see that sort of stuff as much you know it, it was it was a more wondrous place I I, I, th- I think that is that making sense to you? I I think the internet maybe has has robbed the circus of some of its sense of awe. I, I think that's the argument I'm making. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it comes it, it it does make sense, and I think that's a valid argument. I think there's I think there's probably honestly a lot of factors that have gone into this, but the circus has sort of reached the end of its of its time, much like you know the VHS.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just it's I, I think people are still I think people still want to be entertained. You know, obviously they still want to be entertained, and they still want to do it. It's just they want to do it in different ways and. You know, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, because we liked something when we were young doesn't mean that the next generation is necessarily going to like it. And it doesn't mean that, that the way they choose to be entertained or they choose to get their information or, the, you know, is isn't invalid. Times just change. 701-293-9000, 888 I say that as somebody who has tried. I have tried to get my young daughters into the, you know, dorky atomic era science fiction that I loved as a kid, right? Growing up in Alaska, we didn't really have TV or anything. What I had is a uh, a paper grocery sack full of sci-fi novels uh, from Ray Bradbury, from Robert Heinlein and people like that, Isaac Asimov. That's what I had. That's what I grew up on. Now, you know, my kids like science fiction, but they don't necessarily like that science fiction. And it probably makes sense because what seemed wonderful back then, uh, you know, what Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov wrote about, you know, and what was wondrous to a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s you know in in an age with wi-fi and skype and everything else that we have today it doesn't seem as wondrous to them right it, it changes and that's okay some people just struggle with that it's okay life moves on the world advances progress happens you'll be okay your kids are going to be fine 701 293 9000 888 9329 email talk at wday.com andrew emails uh, talking about that, that porn censorship bill, which the Forum, Forum Editorial Board inexplicably uh, praised, uh, not necessarily legislation, but praised the lawmaker for introducing it. Uh, Andrew emails, tell your listeners to plug their ears. I'm going to say a bad phrase, personal responsibility. When I was a child and my parents bought a PC with a modem, they also bought Norton Internet Security because it came with parental control. It is up to the parents to determine what, if any, software will be installed. Government needs to be quiet unless any laws are broken. Um listen, there, is, there are all sorts of, of filtering software out there. Um, it's available. It's pretty effective. Schools use it. Libraries use it. None of it's perfect. But then you know what? I don't know of any government policy that kept Playboys out of the hands of adolescent kids back in the 50s, Right? I don't I don't know of any any government technology that, you know, kept kids from getting peeks or, you know, accessing stuff that was taboo or that was forbidden to them. You know, it happens. And nothing's ever going to be perfect. But what could really be pretty awful is the government being in charge of censoring our access to the internet. I it it, it amazes me how many people are just sort of taken in by this. I mean, to me, when I read that legislation last week and when I first wrote about it uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was me writing about it that cut the, the legis- legislation withdrawn. It, it amazed me how many people, and it wasn't a lot, but it was, it was more than I expected sort of defended the bill. Uh, it, it, to me, I, I'm reading this bill and it is just self evidently bad legislation, self evidently bad legislation. I and it, It was pretty shocking to me that anybody would would defend the government sort of putting itself in between us and the free content of the Internet as a sort of buffer to decide, well, this is okay and that's not okay. And they said, well, you know, you could pay $20 to remove the filter, but even that has privacy implications. I mean, is that database of people who have paid to remove the filter, is that open to the public? Right. I mean, could the government abuse that in any way? And and by the way, if the government's filtering my content, that also means the government's monitoring what content I go to. Could that be used against me? I mean, listen, I I get it. There is illegal stuff on the Internet and that stuff we got to fight. Child porn, human trafficking, that stuff exists on the Internet. It's awful. But I don't think the right way to combat that is censorship. At least not broad censorship. I could say, shut down the specific site. You know, if there's a site out there hosting child porn, sure, shut it down. Absolutely. But to put a content between all of us, and and for anybody to suggest, as the Forum Editorial Board does today, that it just wasn't the right time to introduce that kind of a bill. Again, when is the right time for censorship? Anyway, more to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, 888 970 One segment left. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. happy all of the time. But I found myself in a place that I've never been, a place that I thought that I
2: would never be.
0: Welcome back, Rob Report, 701 Coming up next is uh, the Jay Thomas Show. He'll, uh, I, I believe uh, State Representative Ben Koppelman is uh, going to be on with uh, Jay. Uh, so he was supposed to be on with us to discuss his uh, legislation about speed limits, but he... Uh, Floor session went a little bit long today, so I guess he had to be on there. Also, West Fargo Mayor uh, Richard Mattern is going to be on uh, with Jay coming up at 2.30, so stay tuned for that. Um, today is uh, Martin Luther King Day. And I'm not, I'm not normally very big on, you know, I, it, it seems like the fashionable thing to do on, you know, these sorts of days is to, is to go out and, you know, sort of, you know, write something about... You know Martin Luther King or whatever, and I, I don't really have anything to add to what everybody else. have he's a great man. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we need my acknowledgement to, to recognize that. So you know, on a lot of these days, you know, with Lincoln and Martin Luther King and George White and all this stuff, it's like I, you know, I don't, I don't usually say anything because I don't really have anything to uh, to add to that. Um, so. I, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with it because I, I usually don't have anything all that profound to say that that probably isn't being said better by somebody else. but he was he was a great man. He was a complicated figure. It, it's frustrating a lot of times because a figure like Martin Luther King, you know we we bring him into modern times, and you know, a lot of different people try to shoehorn them into whatever the political narrative is of the day you know, their legacies over time, they get very simplified. They become almost very one dimensional figures. I I think for a lot of members of the public, which, which is hugely, you know, unfortunate. Um, it's, it's too bad that that happens. But I guess once you reach a certain level, we, it, it, it's like, we're incapable of seeing a person's life through anything, but, but one lens. Um, and that's too bad. And, and like I said, I, I don't really have anything all that profound to say about Martin Luther King other than th- there is a quote that I remember reading uh, in my early 20s. And it, it, it stuck with me. And I, 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 it's, it's, it is something that, that has been central to the way that I have tried to live my life ever since then. Um, it's something, it's something uh, King said to a middle school in philadelphia in 1967 uh and he gave this speech and you know, he started it out and he was asking you know what is your life's blueprint right he's basically asking these students you know how what are you what are you going to do to lead your life and, and to find success and prosperity in your life and he ended the speech with these words and i i think they're just so profound and they're so useful no matter your walk in life he said i quote If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, sweep streets like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metropolitan Opera, sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry, sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will come, will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine at the top of the hill, be a shrub in the valley, be the best little shrub on the side of the hill. Those words, I I, I think, throughout my life just just resonated for me. And and Martin Luther King stood for a lot of things, obviously civil rights, equality under the law. Um, His means to those ends might not have been everybody's means. And I think it's okay to disagree with some of his some of his means to an end, I think it's very hard to ever disagree with his ends, and this was an end that it, it was it was revelatory. I, I think when I when I first read this, you know this this idea that we're not all going to be presidents of the United States, we're not all going to be famous people or celebrities or you know academics who you know reveal profound truths. We all have our lots to play in life, though, and there is something noble and, and something worthwhile in living your lot in life in the best possible way that you can and in, in, in striving to be just as successful at whatever it is that you do as you possibly can. That, to me, is, is one of the most powerful messages for Martin. It's certainly not the only message, but certainly a, a powerful lesson that I took from his life, and it's something that I like to think about on this day. More to come from Jay Thomas straight ahead. I'm Rob Port. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.
2: Feels good.